0: Stephen Curtis on SAFM. Twenty minutes after eight. Well, in the Western Cape, the most interesting story has been going on, that tells us about our history, how what happened in the past is connected to where we are now, and about how scientists have conducted certain studies, and I suppose you could say how you make things right. So what happened was in Sutherland uh, about a hundred years ago, uh, nine skeletons were found. One of the people who found them was a man called Karel Kutzia. Uh, Karel Kutzia was someone who was studying at the University of Cape Town. And what he did was that he took these bones, which had been found, and gave them to the anatomy department of UCT. The remains belonged to people who were from the or San groups. No one asked their families or anything like that about what should happen. Then UCT and officials at UCT very recently decided to go through some of the exhibits that they had and some of the remains that they had and decided to see if they could track down the families and speak to the families about what should happen. And in fact they were able to do this they were able to speak to many of the relatives of the people who had actually died and one of the families one of the representatives of those families is with you now anthony stierman mitas is his name is his name anthony good morning and thank you for your time this morning
1: good morning how are you doing
0: i'm well thank you It's it's an incredible story that you know goes back into what was happening to your family members a hundred years ago? How did it start for you? I presume someone from UCT communicated with you in some way and said, "This is what we found."
1: Yeah, actually, it was. It came as quite a surprise to us as the family. So it all started back in 2017. Uh, you know, when they found these remains at the university, um, um, the curator there found it, Dr. Vicky Gibbon. And then the, in terms of the heritage uh, legislation, you know, the university was compelled to to went out on a public participation process. So they appointed somebody by the name of Mrs. Doreen February as a community uh, development practitioner to actually go to Sutherland and try and speak to, you know, uh, local uh, community leaders uh, and see if they can find any, any, Um, family members that might relate to that same um, surnames that was found in the archival records of the Steermans and the Abrams family. And in a nutshell, that's where the journey started for us in October of
0: 2018. Hmm. Uh, And the people who died, so, so the people whose remains we are talking about, how are they related to you? And I find this fascinating because, I mean, I've from time to time, once or twice in my life come across you know, uh, sort of distant relatives of mine, and find myself. You know, it's easy to say, "Oh, it doesn't matter, Stephen. You live in the twentieth-first century, Stephen." But I found that it really does matter. How are they related to you? Yes, it does matter. I think the biggest compelling
1: thing for us that 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 we found of that relates these um, um, family members back to us is the oral history amongst the elders, because we had the archival records that indicated the the way and the surnames, you know, of these people, of of the sacred human remains. And then we had the scientific evidence that the University of Cape Town um, embarked on um, as a request from the family to get more details. Uh, But I think the biggest component for us was the the oral history of some of our elders in the family, who sadly won't join us today as we we start this repatriation process today at the University and has befallen us. They've shared the stories and and growing up uh, that they heard from their grandparents and their great great grandparents of of where our family members were all scattered over over the the southern mm. northern Cape area.
0: Do we know much about how your family members were living at the time? What they were doing?
1: Yes, so so it's very interesting. So we when we when we first embarked on this journey, we requested from the family side that a little bit more detail be. Be, um, hmm. be shared with the family of how they grew up. It's actually what they did, how they, you know, lived at those times. You must remember, we're talking about their remains were dug up between 1925 and 1927. So, so when they embarked on this scientific project to get more biographical details on the on the on the sacred human remains, and actually they used the teeth to extract these details. Hmm. It's quite fascinating. Um, and it indicated clearly that in the archival records, for instance, Klaus Steerman was, was captured as an untamed bushman sure. that walked in the parts of, of, of Sutherland in the Northern Cape. And, and history, it tells us that he was then captured. Uh, that's the brutal history of our country in South Africa. Hmm. So he was then captured and then eventually enslaved to work on that farm. Um, you know, mm. and, and very scientifically, they could even, you know, determine that he was working hard labor as a result of the muscle tones that he had. And most of them had during those times. Um,
0: it's, it's quite something to read that, you know, someone you're connected to, in that way was described in that way. And words are important here, but, I mean, I'm lucky enough, on one side of my family there's a sort of family photograph from a very long time ago. Um, And from time to time you sort of walk past it and you see it and you look at it and you think, you know, look at these people. In this case, I imagine they weren't photographs, but they've been able to do a facial reconstruction. Have you actually been able to look at your ancestor's face?
1: Yes, we've been able to do that as as a result of this fabulous collaboration between the university and Facelab. And we, and we had a, a lady by the name of Catherine, she's now a doctor, a PhD, a doctor, Catherine Smith, who worked at Facelab at the UK, and she did this as part of her PhD graduate studies, because it's quite an expensive exercise to do as well. So then they used basically biographical detail in the analysis that came up of each of our ancestors' uh, sacred human remains and they could compile and put together a face to that, based on the details that they got and the information that they had. And that was quite an emotional journey for us mm. as a family mm. because mm. they can resonate a picture. They say a picture mm. tells a thousand words mm. and then you can actually resonate and see some of the characteristics that mm. we have in the family members. Sure. Um, that was quite a fascinating and compelling thing to do to experience.
0: And today's ceremony, obviously there will be a I presume, a final resting place?
1: Yes, so eventually after five years, it took us five years to get to this point of this weekend. Uh, COVID automatically had its impact as well, but it took us basically five years. So the starting point today is where we will actually come and officially take the remains out of the heads of the university and take them tomorrow back to their, to their home, in Sutherland where their souls will be laid to rest in a dignified and respectful manner in Sutherland and giving us as a family the opportunity to connect all over this country and reflect on our heritage and have a broader conversation in South Africa about identity.
0: Um, Anthony, I don't know if I should call you Mr Mitas or Mr Steerman. Um, considering what we've been talking about. I wish you luck, sir, and thank you for sharing your story with us. It's a, it's such an interesting story. I think many people are going to be thinking about it through the day. Thank you, and and I wish you um, strength and luck through the ceremony.
1: Thank you very much, and thank you for showing interest in the story. We really do appreciate it as a
0: family. Anthony meet mitas who today will be bearing a long-lost ancestor.